Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Lens of Faith podcast. Today, I'm going to share about the life-changing message of Jesus plus nothing and what it looks like to live a life of surrender. While praying on what to speak about this week, I felt like God was telling me to share what was my life message a few years ago. It's one of the, if not the most important message that I speak about quite often. I've experienced how necessary it is in my own personal life. It's changed me forever, and I'm not the same because of it. When God moved me across the country several years ago, He gave me a clear picture of what this really means. So God gave me a picture of a shelf, and on that shelf were things that people put before Him or on the same shelf as Him. It could be your success, your job. It could be your family, your husband, your wife, your children. It can be, honestly, things like a car, your home, sports, business, you know, relationships. Whatever it is that you prioritize in your life can actually be a sweet-talking idol. They're not necessarily sinful but they're so important that you can't imagine life without them. When he revealed Jesus plus nothing to me, he showed me a shelf, and on that shelf were my family, my friendships. Those were the things that mattered most to me. And on that shelf was Jesus, and so was my friends and my family. And I said, oh, no, I love you more, Jesus. He said, well, if I stripped you from anything else on the shelf, would I be enough? Why you got to be so real, Jesus? (laughs) You and your one-liners. Truth bomb, right? And during that time, he was allowing me to search my own heart. If God really stripped away the things that I hold dearest to me, that I would consider the most important, would Jesus really be enough? Would he really be all I need? The answer is loud and clear. Yes, he is. Nothing satisfies like Jesus and giving him everything. After all, he gave us everything, so it's really no sacrifice to give it all back. You know, we sing at church all the time, you know, Jesus, you're all I want, you know, take it all, even songs like I Surrender. And those songs are really catchy, but to really live it is what he requires. The truth is that we sing songs we don't really mean. What we really mean to sing is, Jesus, you can have it all except for this. When God gave me the vision of the shelf, he showed me all the idols that people put on the shelf along with him as if he's a distant friend or an emergency exit. Speaking so clearly, he said, what I want to do is knock off everything else off the shelf, and I want to be the only one standing. That's when the deep refinement began in me. You know, he showed me that on my shelf were my family, my relationships, and my friends, you know, my people, right? It was like I was telling him, I love you, Jesus. You're my favorite. Just don't take my people. He said, oh, really? How about I take your people? And literally uprooted me and moved me across the country where I had no friends, no family, not even a distant cousin, not even an adoptive family, you know? It was like complete isolation. And that's what it took for me to become who I am today. Day. It was uncomfortable and I wanted to reject the process, but he started to give me new identity and change my heart. And everything that's on that shelf, on the same shelf as Jesus, is actually false identity. Our identity needs to be in Christ alone. If we require Jesus plus all these things, then we're living as if he alone is not enough. When he started stripping me and clearing off the shelf of my heart, he revealed to me that I alone complete you. You know he's after our heart and he wants to remove anything that takes his place. And he showed me in that vision that the average Christian has that shelf. And Jesus may be on it, but so are so many other things. 
You know, success, money, our spouses, our children, our comfortable lives, it's all on the same shelf. I started to allow God to do whatever it took, whatever he needed to purify my heart. God needs to refine us as silver and gold like a silversmith. There's an awesome true story of a woman going to the silversmith with the same refining process. And as she watched him, he held a piece of silver over the fire and let it heat up. He explained that in refining silver, one needed to hold the silver in the middle of the fire where the flames were the hottest as to burn away all the impurities. The woman thought about God holding us in such a hot spot. Then she thought again about the verse that says, He sits as a refiner and purifier of silver in Malachi 3. She asked the silversmith if it was true that he had to sit there in front of the fire the whole time the silver was being refined. The man answered that yes, he not only had to sit there holding the silver, but he had to keep his eyes on the silver the entire time it was in the fire. If the silver was left a moment too long in the flames, it would be destroyed. The woman was silent for a moment. Then she asked the silversmith, How do you know when the silver is fully refined? He smiled at her and said, Oh, that's easy. It's when I see my image in it. Come on, Jesus. That's what he wants to do in us. He wants to refine us. He wants to purify our hearts with the whole purpose of us reflecting his image. I've been tried and tested in this same refiner's fire. That wasn't the funnest process, I'll tell you. You know, the loneliness, the isolation, and pulling out lifelong roots. You know, it's been His supernatural grace that has kept me faithful when it's been too hot to handle. You know, Jesus tells His disciples, and we are His disciples, if anyone would come after me, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever would save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit you if you gain the whole world yet forfeit your soul? You know, it's never in comfort that there is growth. God has to take you through a boot camp training to prepare you for your calling. So it might feel like winter, but he has spring prepared. Obedient service to Jesus can take us away from our friends and our family, both physically and emotionally. And sometimes those closest to us do not understand our obedience. This was also true for Jesus' family. Just think about it. Of all the people that he walked to and fro, traveled, went everywhere, he healed the blind, he raised the dead, he did miracles. People were his biggest fan when he was doing the miracles, right? But think about it. At the very end, at the cross, there should have been hundreds of people at the cross mourning him, but instead there was only a few, a small handful, and they were mainly all his family. And here he did all these good things for people, right? All these miracles. Not one person that he healed or raised from the dead even came to see him at the cross. That blows my mind. But that sorrow of loneliness can purge us, can simplify us, and point us with undivided attention to Jesus. And he is looking for our full attention. When we focus on Jesus alone, he positions us to hear from him and he pulls us away from the distractions of other voices. It also brings sanctification, channeled energy, renewed reverence. Furthermore, it develops in us appropriate longing passion, which ultimately brings the Lord's public endorsement. 
I remember a few years ago, I was at a church that I didn't really know. I was watching my friend lead worship, and this girl comes up to me from Africa, and she looks straight into my face, and she starts to speak into my life. And it was kind of a rebuke, you know. She said, you're too busy. God is always speaking, and He has so much to tell you, but you're too busy. Saturate yourself in His Word. And then she said some other things, but I was like, wow, you know, you know, he requires more than just 10 minutes or a half hour of quiet time. He needs to be our priority. Jesus doesn't want to be an addition to your life. He wants to be master and Lord of our lives. The truth is in America, you know, we're used to our comfortable, you know, we have our first world problems and we're used to our comfortable life, right? And so we don't really want anyone to really tell us what to do, right? We don't like that. You know, we want to be in control. We want to know what the future holds. So thinking of surrendering everything to God can be something that most Christians don't want to do. You know, they say the comfortable prayer, they have their golden ticket to go to heaven, right? When they die. And then they just live for themselves in between that. But he's asking us us as his followers to clear the shelf where he is the only thing that we cling to. To live a Jesus plus nothing life, you know, there's a cost. It requires that surrender. It requires self-denial. And I know this sounds ugly, but believe me, it's not. We must become codependent on the creator. The quick prayer of salvation is the evidence of a follower, but the sign of a true Jesus follower is a life that is stretched It's uncomfortable and sensitive to his voice. It's living that life of radical obedience, no matter what anybody else thinks. And that's the proof that he's Lord of our lives. You know, following Jesus will always cost you your time. It will cost you your plans, your friends, family, even your finances. But really, it's all God's anyways. And as someone who has always been independent, (laughs) I can testify that the peace, favor, and protection that follows is truly the greater reward. The enemy wants to keep you living a comfortable Christian life and not surrendered because he knows your potential will be great if you really surrender. So he'll just keep you distracted. He'll keep you angry. He'll keep you stuck in all of your issues so you don't surrender your life. But when you understand that everything a surrendered believer goes through is for our good and his glory, then we can trust him with full confidence in every aspect of our lives. I know for me, the root of not wanting God's will in my life actually is because I didn't know if I trusted God. When I was a young adult, and my dad reminds me of this, I would tell him, don't pray God's will over my life. I don't want God's will. Because I thought that meant that I would be unhappy and miserable, and he would never give me anything that I wanted. But that's a wrong perception of who God is. And during that time, God gave me what was my life verse, Jeremiah 29, 11. He tells us, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. They're plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in a future. And he ingrained that verse in my heart like he really did. I'm not here to harm you. I have your back. And even if things don't make sense, you have to trust me because my ways are greater. And I want you to have a beautiful and fruitful life. God chose his people for his glory. You know, he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before him. And as we walk through the Bible, we see this time and time again, that God chose his people for his glory. So throughout history, we see God set up people, places, and times for his greater purpose. So we must not resent this fact, but we should humbly desire to be a vessel for a much greater purpose than our own. It's our story for his glory. 
I tell you, when we surrender our life to Jesus, it's not boring and it's not miserable. You know, I tell people all the time, I'm on a Jesus adventure. You know, you see, friends, when you live a life surrendered to God, it's the whatever you want Jesus life that changes everything. So yes, you'll have to lean on him and not your own understanding. You might have to wait longer than you want and you'll have to trust when you don't have answers. But in addition, you will also have favor that can't be explained. You have protection and provision that man can't provide. You'll encounter God-ordained, spontaneous connections that make you feel overjoyed and fulfilled because that is our purpose. That is our greater purpose. And deep down, it's what we all long for, to make a mark, to matter, and to be significant in this life. Life with Jesus, there's never a dull moment. I'm going to share some of my own surrender story of when God first moved me here and he stripped me of my people and he moved me here where I was isolated. I was actually in a group that was like a deep healing of the heart group. Okay. And one day the pastor told me something that I was like, uh, I don't think that's true, you know, in my brokenness. But as I was driving, the Holy Spirit really, really got a hold of me. He would not let it go. He was just tugging at my heart and tugging at my heart. I went straight home that day and I sat on my couch and I had a raw conversation with God. You know, God, I don't think anything she said was true. If there's even 1% of truth in what she said, then show me because you didn't move me all the way over here so I can just sit here. You know, there's a purpose for this. In that moment, God targeted a deep root that runs in my family, has run back, that he needed to uproot from my life. He continued, until you allow me to uproot this, you will never be who I've called you to be. I was just in a very humble, broken place. And I remember just immediately dropping to my knees and saying, do it, Jesus. Do whatever you need to do in me. I am yours. And I remember in that moment, it was like I literally heard angels singing above me, like we've waited our whole life for you to get to this point. You see, I've always considered myself a Jesus lover since I was five. And, you know, people looked up to me in my faith. But as an independent, you know, girl, the oldest of a large family that likes to be in control of my decision makings, you know, I don't know if I've ever really lived a true life of surrender. You know, most of us will say that we're surrendered to God, but really if God told you to step out of your comfort zone, maybe do something that looked impossible or crazy, would you do it? Or would you ignore the voice of God and disobey? When God is truly Lord of your life, then you're sensitive to his voice and you'll do whatever it is that he tells you to do. No matter how it looks, to completely trust him and not delay, to live radically obedient. Don't Google it or be anxious about it or allow other people's opinions to influence you. God requires us to stop, listen, and obey, period. This is the true definition of a surrendered Christian. You know, God's given me some crazy promises for my life that have yet to come to pass after several years. He's told me a lot. He's moved me a lot. He's made me do things that I'm telling you I would normally not do. But in that obedience, I've watched him show up and show out and do things that are amazing that cannot be explained. I've witnessed encounters that are supernatural. And boy, am I glad that I got on my knees that day. My life is full of peace purpose, favor, and I'm walking in my calling because of it.
You know, it didn't start out fun because what heart surgery is, there's always things in our heart that are not pure that God has to purge us from, right? They could be generational things. They could be secret sin. They can be bitterness or anger towards someone, unforgiveness, whatever it is, God has to do a purging and a refining like gold. He has to dig deep in your heart and he has to purify your heart in order for you to be who he's called you to be. He has to purify your heart as part of the process. So that's not a fun part. That's not a fun season to be in, to be stripped from everything that's comfortable, right? Once you stay obedient and humble and allow him to do that purge in your life and your heart, then you start to flourish like a beautiful flower and you blossom into a reflection of Jesus. And people look at your life as beautiful and attractive and they want whatever it is that you carry. God starts to use you as his mouthpiece. He starts to use you to minister to others. He starts to really trust you with his kingdom business because he knows that you're now coming from a pure heart and your motive is to glorify him. When you stay humble and your heart is pure and you're living surrendered, you know, he gives you that supernatural peace and protection and provision. And more importantly, you have a close relationship with Jesus. You sense his good pleasure. He's your best friend. He's your all in all. And nobody, my friend, can ever compare. You know, this type of surrendered life, unfortunately, is not common with believers, you know, and it's the opposite of everything that the world tells us to do. God tells us to not give in to our desires. The world tells us to satisfy ourselves. God tells us to wait. The world tells us to get it quick. God tells us to stay pure. The world tells us to hook up with everybody. God tells us to not compromise, but the world is constantly promoting compromise. You know, the world offers an ever-increasing feeling that there's more to be obtained in order to be happy. But here, Jesus is constantly urging us to lay it down. He offers true fulfillment in Him alone. In order to keep that priceless peace we crave, we must become nothing. Just as God created the universe out of nothing, so we must be nothing. But when we allow Him to empty us and become nothing, He can then fill us up to become everything that He's called us to be. I challenge you to not just invite God in, but to give Him the keys. I pray that God is tugging at your hearts right now. And if you're wondering and asking, what are the first practical steps to surrender? The first step is to humble ourselves, you know, accept that we are nothing except for Jesus in us. And second, we must be willing to let Him be Lord in every part of our lives and for Him to have free reign. Then with the humble heart, repent for any way in you that does not please God. Invite Jesus and His sweet presence into your space and ask Him, what is it, Lord, that you want to show me? What do you want to do in me? What do you need me to change? Lord, I am yours. Whatever you want, I am yours. Stay silent and sensitive to His voice and allow Him to minister to you, to heal your heart, to give you clarity. He wants to speak to you. We have to lay it all down at the feet of Jesus. It was only when I got on my knees and surrendered all, laying down all my hurts, my expectations, my pride, weaknesses, hopes, and dreams, that God was able to make all things new and beautiful.
Remember, you could be like I was, you know, living your whole life as a good Christian girl, pretty moral, you know, went to church every week, was raised in a Christian home, and you think that you're just good enough the way you are. But until you get to the point where you humble yourself and verbally tell God that you surrender all in a humble stance, telling him, whatever you want, Lord, I'm yours. That is the true life of surrender. That's when everything will change. So don't think you're good enough just because you're a Christian that's pretty moral. You go to church every week. You're kind to people. You give to charities. You could even be someone that goes on mission trips and not really living a life of surrender. You know, if you're still in control of your life, then you are not living a life of surrender. If other things are a bigger priority in your life than spending time with Jesus and cultivating a relationship with Him, then you are not living a life of surrender. No longer allow the enemy to lie to you, to keep you deceived, as if you're good enough just the way you are, living in comparison to others. God has such a beautiful plan for your life. He has so much more than you've ever thought or could imagine. But we must partner with God and His plans. We must partner with God and His greater purpose. If you're ready for the prayer that changes everything, get ready for the beautiful, beautiful transformation. I'm going to pray over us, and this is the prayer that I prayed over my life and everything changed. Lord, I surrender and become nothing so that you can be my everything. I lay down And then you name specific hurts, weaknesses, and dreams. Reveal all I need to release to you. Do with me as you will. Whatever you want, I am yours. Show me any way in me, Lord God, that I need to make right and repent of. Speak to me now. In Jesus' name, amen. This is the beginning of a beautiful friendship with Jesus. I also encourage you to make reading His Word, worshiping, praying, Surrender and getting our hearts right is not a one-time deal. You know, it's constant. So we need to stay in a place of humble humility and surrendering to God. Surrendering our dreams, our disappointments, our desires, any way in us that doesn't please Him, and to keep our heart free of offense. Keep your heart pure and allow God to show up in such beautiful ways in your life. I can't wait to hear the amazing stories that are evident of your surrendered life. You can share them with me at leahmariecarson.com, where you can also subscribe for future blog and podcasts and follow on Instagram at the Lens of Faith. Talk to you soon. <laughs>